When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, what is up? Tuesday, September the 27th, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. We are live once again, taking your questions, your comments, your calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. I see John Edward, Cody Gaskins. Cody Gaskins was commenting at like 9 a.m. this morning. Shout out to you, Cody. Connor Lee, Gad, uh, Gene Lott, also Justin Bryant, all those in the Big Cock Club Discord. I also saw my guy, Phil. What's up, Phil? I've been seeing you working, my guy. I've been seeing you work with uh, the Ruckin' Roosters show, with uh, with the Jacks Rangers show, everything else. Bree, what's going on? Phoenix Wilson, Kevin Crossland. Yes, we got the Beamer Ball and the Beamer Rattler today, the dynamic duo. Jacob E.C., Youngblood, what's going on? Again, guys, also those in the Big Cock Club Discord, appreciate y'all tuning in. We are still, obviously, as you see, uh, remote, out of town. Uh, the big news, obviously, shaking us this morning or really getting us going, if you will. Uh, the Gamecocks <clears throat> will take on South Carolina State Thursday night at 7 o'clock. The game has been moved up. In case somehow you missed that, the game has been moved up due to the Hurricane Ian that is incoming Weather is supposed to be absolutely miserable on Saturday in Columbia. So the game has been moved to Thursday. So it's game day eve eve, as somebody pointed out in the chat. Uh, we will adjust accordingly, and I will get into the updated schedule here in just a second. Of course, guys, this is the Daily Crow, and we are taking your questions, comments, calls, and as always, the Daily Crow brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go down the Price Picks app, go to pricepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TS. U.S., you're going to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 from our friends over at Prize Picks. Guys, you can bet on spreads, you can bet on totals, futures, all that good stuff. But if you're not betting on these prop plays, you're missing out because there's plenty of money to be won. You can ask. There, there's folks in the chat right now that I see that I know have won big, big money from our friends at Prize Picks, right? So you can bet on things like passing yards, rushing yards, touchdowns, interceptions, everything you can think of. And any sport, not just college sports, of course, not just college football, but any and every sport you can think of. So, again, that's our friends at Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. Go to prizepicks.com when you do. Use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Guys, I'm just sitting here reading the comments real quick. Dub Williams, welcome to the Big Cock Club, my friends. It's a great day to have a day, C. Philly. Great day to have a day, indeed. As again, we're once again in this fantastic chair. I most definitely have got to get one of these for the studio because I tell you, I feel so much more mellow to be honest. I, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like I was still bringing the heat yesterday, but I didn't feel quite as on edge. And, and that might also be because I'm sitting here looking out at the mountains in the distance, right? That's a very soothing, relaxing thing. Yeah. Call from. Here we go. Bree. Bree, what's going on? How are you? What's up, Chris? So, hey, I figured I'd call in early. I know Burke comes on, I think, at 1.30 today. So. Yeah, we've got uh, McGrath, um, McGrath at 12.30 today. Just to update, 12.30. So, 
Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I'll be, I'll be done before yeah, the draft yeah. too. Yeah. That's cool. Ooh, cool, 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 cool. Um, I mean, it depends on how deep you want to dive into this. It could take us 10, 15 minutes max, you know, but, um, man, um, so I was, you know, uh, you know, talking about what we might see coming up, you know, this Saturday might be a lot of the same because I feel like one thing we're going to really try to do is really establish our running game and take pressure off of our defense because, mm-hmm. And this is going to play into what I'm talking about, about the outlook of, of the league and our teams going forward in a minute. But um, if you look at our defensive depth right now, we don't want those guys on the field too much. And the best way to do that is chew up some clocks and run, 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 run the ball, you know. And so we may have, may have seen some adjustment and some strategy just based off that, and we may be really, really, really trying to establish the running game. Uh, just because we know that we just don't want those young guys on defense and that and 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 the depth on defense being a problem and, and causing this issue. So we know we know we need to control time of possession probably going forward. So yeah, to, to interject, um, I, I would I would say with the game yeah. being moved up to Thursday, I think anybody who's even remotely questionable will not play. I, I just the last thing you're going to do is rush somebody back on yep. on short rest because I mean. I, I, you know, I don't say this disrespectfully to SC State, but we should literally be able to take our twos and go win the game. I, I'm no question. That's just the way I view it. So I, anybody who's who's I, who's yeah. nicked up, yeah. bruised <laughs> up, let them let them let them rest, let them heal, get that extra time before you go to Kentucky because obviously that's the one that you know really matters. Now I'm not saying we're not going to see some paths. You know, I do think we're going to still see some, some pass, and hopefully, you know, we'll see it get opened up a little bit. But mostly, you know, I think we're going to pound up and keep establishing our running game. And that's because now going forward, um, as I say, how far you want to deep dive into this, I really started looking forward into Kentucky. And I love having this conversation with you because I know you have some opinions about Kentucky. Um, they're going to conflict just a little bit, but – one way or the other, we're both thinking that we're going to beat Kentucky. And I'm going to tell you why I'm thinking it. As I'm watching Kentucky, you know, obviously they had a tough game against Florida. Um, but they had a tough start against uh, Miami of Ohio as well. They had about as rough a game against Miami of Ohio as we did against Georgia State on, on week one. You know, they, they didn't play a great game. They looked sloppy. Um you know, we too, you know, same thing. They look sloppy. I mean, honestly, they, they they both gave the game away to each other. Kentucky gave the game to Florida. Florida gave it back to Kentucky. It was such a sloppy, sloppy game. Both those teams look super sloppy. Um, and week three, they were playing in Youngstown. And, man, the scoreboard said 31 and nothing at the end, but it doesn't really tell how poorly Kentucky was playing. And where they're having really poor play is their O-line and their D-line. And they're not stopping the run, and they're not stopping the blitz. And they're not stopping pressure. And Levis isn't getting away like the quarterbacks that we've been going against. You know, he, he goes down a lot easier than these guys we have been seeing, for sure. So I think we have a huge advantage on our line play. And I know everybody's going to be like, you're crazy. There's just no way that – our lines all of a sudden dialed in and but I, I see a huge advantage there. These guys are, are, are giving 
big plays in the run game, you know, at times. And, and, and the FPS team, man, they're, they're, they were struggling to stop a run against the FPS team. They were struggling to stop a blitz against the FPS team. And I just have people say, you're crazy. It was 31 nothing. Yeah, if you look at the final tally and whatnot, sure. But when you go watch all the all the plays and stuff and, and how that turned out, man, that, that's – dude, they didn't – they didn't shut them out because, like, they, they were great on defense. They shut them out because there were some way crazy penalties and stuff going on. There were some huge, egregious errors in key situations from an FCS team that was probably, you know, on edge playing, you know, a ranked SEC team. I think when you look at Kentucky, I mean, again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves because we have a game on Thursday. But I think when you look at that game, man, I mean – Here's the interesting thing about that series. You've lost seven of the last eight, right? I don't think that in any of the seven – I mean, I picked us to lose last year. People thought I was crazy. But I, I I would venture to say I don't think in any of the seven games Gamecock fans really went into any of those seven losses and said, ah, you know, Kentucky's just better than us. You know, this, this is a game that, you know, if, if we win, it'll be a steal. You know, we – like – Gamecock fans still look at Kentucky as Vanderbilt, which is incorrect to do. I think that's obviously changing more Ooh. and more, but they still do in the sense of that's just a game we should win. And so, I mean, I think you're making all valid points, and I, I don't think they're the seventh best team in the country. I think they're overrated, but it's at some point it just becomes almost you're just – and I picked South Carolina to beat Kentucky in the preseason. The scary thing is I picked South Carolina to beat Kentucky because I felt like Spencer Rattler was going to outduel Will Levis. <laughs> Spencer Rattler didn't even outduel the Charlotte quarterback. So it's kind of hard for me to, to, you know, at this point, again, we, we got to play SC State and we'll go from there and we'll talk about Kentucky more in depth next week. But uh, I, I just think that's where, you know, even as, as pedestrian as Kentucky is looking, because I, I, I agree with you, right? Like they're running for 2.9 yards per carry against Youngstown and they're struggling to run the football in those games. They do mm. get, they do get Chris Rodriguez back this weekend. Um, which I think most Cats fans are hanging their hat on getting him back. It's going to be the game changer. But South Carolina has just fared. It's, it's just – it's just South Carolina's fared so poorly against Kentucky over the last – what feels like the last decade. It's basically been the last decade. It, it's just – those are the things that I think make South Carolina fans feel uneasy going into that one. And a night game in Lexington. We've, we've – even we were beating – I challenge you to go look at the series, South Carolina-Kentucky, the game specifically in Lexington. Because even when we were beating them every single year, it you look back at the scores, pretty much every single game in Lexington was close. Like, all of them. For some reason, yeah. Kentucky yeah. has given us hell there. So, um, you know, I, I just – I think that's why you look at that game and, and just say that that, that there's there's going to be the reasoning for the, the uncertain feelings, if you will. Just because it almost feels like Kentucky has your number at this point. I mean, really. Well, I'm going to agree with you on our quarterback problem there, okay? I, I'm so saying far, first half no, starter, Chris Reynolds, their starter. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, he when he went out, obviously, it all went to shit. But uh, dude, he played pretty well. Yeah, he did. And, I, I mean, that's why I still have a little, you know, defense of our defense in that in that slow start that they were given. There was a lot of, of, of little – things going on there but I mean that guy balled out dude. that guy balled out but Will Levis is kind of balling out like that but he is inaccurate at times or making questionable decisions he, he threw away some picks that I've seen that I was just like whoa it was very what we've seen from Spencer too like whoa why you know what I mean whoa 
So that's been there. But he's also been pretty accurate. He's bailed out his team. He's given them wins. Okay, so literally, the, the, here's what I see. The opposite is going on in Kentucky of what we fear here in Carolina. Because I've seen consistent O-line play, and everybody's like, no, oh, you're crazy. But now everybody's kind of starting to see it a little bit more, right, and saying, hey, Spencer wasn't navigating pockets. Spencer this, Spencer, Spencer, Spencer. We're starting to focus on Spencer versus the O-line a little bit, right? And now up in Kentucky, he has no O-line. And he, he, he's having to create things. To, you know, uh, to keep his team in the game. You know what I mean? Like, he's having to do all that, and Spencer's got the better O-line right now. So I think that's why we're going to end up beating Kentucky, because we have the better O-line, and I think we have the better D-line. Uh, and I think they're going to show up. I think in Kentucky, that D-line's going to show up. They're going to get penetration. They're going to get the Will Levis a lot, and it's going to give us an advantage. I actually – you t- I told you I don't do predictions. But I kind of have a prediction going into this one. It's going to be about a 10-point game to us, I think. I think we're going to end up getting about 34 to 24 out of that game. I think it's going to be a 34-24 game for us. I'm looking at it going, we're going to control the time of possession enough, you know. Uh, With our running game, we're going to make the the pass plays when we need them. Uh, We're not going to over-rely on Spencer because we're going to to get their line. And our line is going to hold up and – uh, and our D line is gonna gonna get through their line. They're gonna gut their their O line. So, so I you, think the O line got, you've got the, the Gamecocks to our advantage. Yeah, the Gamecocks will beat Kentucky because they went on the line of scrimmage. Bottom line. Yeah, I mean that's that's, hey, that's from your from your lips to God. I mean, but hey, that's any game, right? Hey, that's any game, right? Hey, that that's any game, right? But I just I feel like our our line of scrimmages are going to dominate on both sides of the ball. I mean. But Will Levis is going to come up with plays, and he's going to do things because we've struggled with that, you know, a guy that can create plays. But I think we're also going to come up with enough negative plays early on to throw them off, like, off schedule. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's when they get, get a little shaky. And I think, I think our big D linemen, and, and especially if, uh, you know, Boogie is back full speed by then, I think our D linemen are going to get a lot of penetration. I've been saying these guys were getting penetration for a while and missing. Everybody's talking about it now once again because Beamer brought it up in a news conference the other day. I said this like two, three weeks ago. I'm like, they're getting in the back, but they're missing. You know what I mean? Like even against Georgia, even against Arkansas, they're getting back there. I think they're going to get back there. I think they're going to get Will Levis down enough. They're going to create enough negative plays, and we're going to we're going to be able to get out of there. With Bree, any any uh, thoughts? On, I, I think yeah. it's point win. No, I, I hear you. Any thoughts on the SC State game? Because I, I just I feel like we're 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 too much <sighs> looking past the game. I mean, we're I'm I'm going to spend the entire week, ten hours of TDC content next week talking about Kentucky. So I promise we'll get it. We'll, <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get it all. No, in. It, we uh, you know, we we do have it, a, we do it, have a game Thursday, and I you know we need to. There are things that need to happen in that game uh, to make me feel a little bit better about the Kentucky game. Um, so. Well, and, and that's what I was talking about initially. You know, I think that the the strategy this week is going to be to keep it, you know, really tight on the ground so that we are more confident and have more people looking at the run game come, come Lexington, you know. But, you know, the, the other stuff I was going to talk to you about even more down the road. But, you know, we could save that for another time. I like to save that for, like, after uh, this game as well anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, the um, I think uh, – I, I still see that, man, so many possibilities right now. I've even dropped my standards down to, hey, if we don't, if we really don't have it together, 
Lord forbid, we're going to have a four and eight season. You know what I mean? So, hey, I still see the possibility for that 10 and two out there. It's there, you know, and it, it's there, you know, but it, I think SC State, it's going to be a big building block for us, man. I think if we can establish a strong, super strong run game, uh, make everybody start looking at our run game a little bit more serious, you know, going into Kentucky. If we do that again in Kentucky, that's 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 going to be the the big thing, right? We got to do this in that. We got to do it at SC State. We got to do it again in Kentucky. But I think that that's going to be our identity for the rest of the year. You know, and that's right. that's what I was really talking about. And mm-hmm. I've been talking about is our identity. Yeah. I think if you look ahead in our schedule a little bit more, you're going to see Tennessee. Not a, we're going to want to control time of possession there. Right. You know what I mean? We're going to want to control time of possession there. Florida is still struggling against the run. We got them in the run game last year. And everybody was wanting to have this big Spencer Rattler throws it all over the, the place here. But going forward in the schedule, it may be, look, you know, you know it, it's looking like our run game is going to give us our best possible season going yeah. you know, from, from here. Bree, I, I, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but we got the phone lines blowing nope. up and we got limited time. So, hey, Go for it. from your lips to God's ears, though, let's see 10 and 2. I'd love that. <laughs> hey, I'm not calling that, man. Remember, I thought possibilities. Y'all right, have a good possibilities. day. Possibilities. Appreciate you, Bree. Thank you so much. Great stuff. My guy, Greg Bedinger, said it's his birthday. Call back in. Call back in. I know you just you just called. Um, so, <laughs> possibilities. Bree says she talks, or he talks possibilities, whatever. Talks possibilities. 10 and 2. 10 and 2 possibility. I don't know. 10 and 2. 10 and 2. Greg, happy birthday to Greg Bedinger of the Big Cock Club. Let's turn to the phone line. Call from Greg Bedinger. Greg, what's up, man? Happy birthday. What's going on? Hey. Hey, thanks a lot, Chris. I'm doing good. I hope you're doing good, too. I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. I wanted to. Great. I wanted to share with you and the listeners what happened the day I was born. Okay. I was born in 1969. That day, we hosted North Carolina to what was likely a sold-out game, 42,000, and we beat North Carolina 14 to six. The day I was born. Very good. Okay. Positive good vibes all around. Positive vibes all around. Well, hey, when you're born and the Gamecocks win, and the day you're born, that's pretty cool. Yes, pretty that's cool a good thing. omen. It's a great omen. <laughs> well, it it turned out okay, I guess. <laughs> Oh, me. Um, indeed. No, I just, uh, man, I get, everybody thinks we're going to beat Kentucky, and I sure want to obviously beat them, but golly, I just don't understand all the optimism based on our play. Yeah, you know, Greg, uh, I, I'm uh, – Maybe we'll get it together. Yeah, I mean, the beautiful thing about us as fans and, and doing what I do is, like, we, you know, we don't have to be like players where it's like, you know, we're all locked in on this game, one game at a time, you know, whatever. We can look ahead and project and everything, but – I don't know. I kind of am just sort of. I'm just. I'm really not thinking too far past SC State, man, because I I know Kentucky's going to be such a daunting challenge, and you know, there's we're like I said, we're going to oh, yeah. spend we're going to spend all week next week. I mean, literally, because I mean the, the the updated schedule. I don't even know what the Monday podcast is going to be because I'm I'm going to be recapping the Thursday game Friday. So I, we might just talk Kentucky for three straight shows. So we'll we'll break it down yeah, and dissect it plenty, and and it's just you know I. I uh, 
I don't know that I'm ready to talk Kentucky yet, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm not either, uh, but I've just know. been – I'm trying to just, just enjoy – I'm trying to enjoy the fact that we're going to beat the hell out of somebody Thursday and we're, we're going to get a win, right? Because, right. uh, like you mentioned, Kentucky, you know, is going to be a daunting task for sure. Um, so, yeah. I, and it's just – it's hard right, to – it's hard to project us faring very well there when you take in, into account the history, the location of the game, the history. way we play to this point in the season – the way Spencer Rattler's played nice. at this point, you know, the way we've played against competition on our level, you know, it's just, yep. anyways. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I thought we played really good in the second half. I was, um, yep. of course, the defense really stepped it up and mm-hmm. uh, looked good at um, holding them. And, of course, we didn't even punt the football. So that was the positive thing. Um, but hopefully it'll just turn and uh, our season and the offense will start clicking. I just don't, uh, you know, I thought Spencer looked better Saturday. I mean, he was stepping up instead of rolling out. And uh, if, if he continues to improve and hopefully uh, get the passing game going, you know, like we had at Arkansas, um, you know, we got a lot of yards at Arkansas. We didn't score much, but, well, we did. That's, that's not true. Yeah. But anyway, I just hope uh, – you know, it seems like there's always one game each year where we just kind of turn it around, man, and then we, yeah. then we just start rolling. Well, I mean, and, uh, there's a reason I labeled – this... Yeah, I mean, there's a reason I labeled the Kentucky game as the greatest inflection point of the uh, of the season. I mean, it's – Oh, yeah. Know, you're going to beat SC sure. State. That's a given. Um, no disrespect to the Bulldogs, but you are. But Kentucky just kind of serves it – do, it does. It serves as that game where it's like rubber meets the road. You know, are you – are you – do you have a pulse, right? Are you going to show some life and, you know, the potential of a seven-win season, God forbid, maybe even eight is possible, right? Or, you know, if you lose to Kentucky and you're just left – I mean, this – this call it for what it is, man. This fan base is going to be in a frenzy. This fan base is going to be in disarray. You're going to be going into the bye week three and three, zero, oh and three in SEC play with zero quality wins. I mean, it just – that's where you'll be. And then you'll have Texas A&M looming. So, I mean, it's just – you're going to be in a tough place. You're going to be in a right. very tough place. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that was the point of me even bringing it up. I didn't want to talk about this. Right. But I mean, I, I wanted to mention it. I just think, I mean, they have so much riding on a game where we're playing a top 10 team. That's all. Yeah, yeah, at least and, right uh, now they're top 10, so. Um, right, I got, they got a big game against Mississippi. But um, I think the crowd will be uh, – I think the, I think the uh, fans will show out tomorrow night, man. We're just – so I saw some estimated twenty thousands. I think they were talking about on the Discord, but uh, I don't know. There's a lot of. I think a lot of folks can make it happen on a Thursday night, especially well, with a couple of days' notice. Maybe yeah. take off Friday morning. Yeah, kind of thing. But uh, well, I'm hoping so. I just I know uh, I know folks have uh, have work and stuff like that, and travel plans, and all, but you okay. know I, I'm uh, I'm hoping for a big crowd. We'll we'll be there. I, I was kind of back and forth. I wasn't sure, but I felt like you know what. I can, so I should. So uh, we'll, that's great. We'll, we'll be out there, and it'll, it'll be it'll be a good time, man. So it'll be a really good time. Yeah, it'll be a night, and it'll be a fun night game too. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of a noon hot game yeah. on Saturday, which it's going to be raining all day Saturday, it looks like if mm-hmm. the storm stays on the projected path. Yeah. So, but yeah, praying for our friends in Florida, and uh, hopefully they'll be safe. Well, hey Chris, thanks for uh, taking my call. I know we got a. Uh, Jason coming up, right? Uh, Alex Alex McGrath coming up at twelve thirty, and then Beamer Alex, will speak, Beamer will speak at one thirty. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Alex is a great, and uh, JC, I love both of those guys, man. They're great. I appreciate Additions it, man. To the show. I've been, in, I've been enjoying them every week. I appreciate okay, that. have a good day, Chris. Talk Greg, happy too. birthday again, my friend. Thank you so much. I appreciate the Thanks, call. I appreciate it. Uh, great stuff from Greg Bedinger. Again, you guys wish Greg a happy birthday. On that note, by the way, since we're talking about the game and everything, I haven't even gotten to this yet, but the updated schedule for this week. <clears throat> we do have an updated schedule for you all because obviously with the game on Thursday and the way that I normally drop the podcast and the way TDC happens, things have been uh, switched around, if you will. So, so. Podcast is dropping as normal tomorrow, but it's not your normal Wednesday podcast. We'll have the normal Tuesday presser takeaways. We'll have SEC gambling picks. We will not have a best bet for South Carolina SC State because there is not a line for the game, right? There's not a line for South Carolina SC State because it's an FCS opponent and they don't put together lines. They don't make lines for those games. So I'll do Tuesday presser takeaways, SEC gambling picks, and... We will have the full game preview, top storylines, key matchups, keys of the game, as well as my prediction on the pod tomorrow. So that'll be on the podcast tomorrow. So a jam-packed Wednesday show, right? Thursday, Thursday, of course, the game will take place. Now, on Thursday, tomorrow, TDC is normal. On Thursday... Okay, on Thursday, the Daily Crow will air from 10 to 12 instead of 12 to 2. 10 to 12 instead of 12 to 2. I'm excited to also announce J.C. Sherbert. He will join us. He has been um, gracious enough with his time. We're going to make it work. He's going to join us Thursday at 10.15. So we're going to have J.C. Sherbert on for a game day episode or a game day uh, conversation, if you will. So 10 to 12 Thursday, the Daily Crow will air. 10 to 12 Thursday, the Daily Crow will air. Okay? Then, I talked to the folks at Seawells. Seawells will open up Thursday at 2.30. So the TSUS tailgate will take place still. We will rock at Seawells 2.30 until kickoff. So we will be out there. Same setup as always, selling koozies, towels, uh, we'll have uh, koozies and, and uh, stickers to give away as well. So we will rock from Seawells on Thursday. And then, guys, the Friday podcast, of course, Friday TDC will be normal 12 to 2. Friday podcast will drop, and it'll be your normal uh, recap. You know, we'll hand out the Cock Commander MVP. I'll, I'll give my full takeaways, recap of the game that happened Thursday night. We will drop that on Friday. So that's your game plan. That's your game plan for the rest of this week. So podcast is still Monday, Wednesday, Friday. TDC is is still happening every day. Only differences is or only differences are, of course, tomorrow you're going to have your preview. Friday you're going to have your recap, and then TDC on Thursday will be ten to twelve. Okay. I'm also talking with Stephen Garcia. I'm working with him a little bit, uh, potentially getting him on the Daily Crow either tomorrow or Thursday, or if he wants to do Friday. I know he's dealing with the storm and everything. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, coming on TDC at really high priority at this point. And I told him that. Don't worry about it. But uh, he did mention that potentially he'd like to do something this week, reschedule. So, I'll let you guys know. But that is the schedule for this week. That's the schedule for this week. If you guys have any questions, feel free to let me know. Guys, I see many of you asking. We do not know at this point. We do not know at this point what – 
time, or excuse me, not what time, but what channel the game will be aired on. We do not know at this time, okay? We do not know at this time. I will let you guys know. I'd assume Shane Beamer will say something. I'd assume Shane Beamer will say something. Um, So, we will see. Joseph says, not trying to be that guy, then proceeds to be that guy. No, I'm kidding. He says, not trying to be that guy, but if everyone's going to freak out about Lloyd as if he showed something this past week, showed something this past week, you couldn't see already in him. I think some of the Lloyd needs to stop dancing around. People need to apologize to me. (laughs) Okay, Joseph. Make sure everybody go direct your apologies directly to Joseph. Um, I, Joseph, I think most people did think and know that that Marshawn Lloyd was capable of what he did on on Saturday. So, I think most people knew that he was. I mean, I, I didn't think he was a bust or anything like that. I, I I said for forever that he just needed blocking. So, no, I I wasn't I wasn't shocked. I wasn't Call shocked from. by it. Robbie Davis, AK, Robbie Davis, actual Hall of Famer. To accept, press one. To send a voicemail, press. Robbie, what's going on? Hey, real quick, uh, Alex uh, McGrath is joining us in like a minute. So, do you want to wait to call in after? Yeah, okay, I just wanted you to know and everybody you, else to okay, know you just wanna... that I checked last night, and okay. the game's going to be on SEC Network. Well, Robbie, I don't know if you realize this, but the game got rescheduled this morning to Thursday. Oh yeah, I knew that. Okay. I, I, I know well, that. they have not they have not announced what channel the game is going to be on yet on Thursday. It's probably not going to be okay. on SEC Network. Okay, good point. Yeah, so I'm, I've been trying to call my aunt the last like hour. I, Robbie, I, I promise you, uh, I will let you know what the plan is for the game. Uh, they haven't announced though what it's going to be. It might be on SEC Network Plus. It might be on ESPN Plus, what have you, but I'll find I'll find a way to watch it if I'm not able to go. But anywho, yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and get over here. Uh, all right, Robbie, you're the man. I hey, call back in after Alex McGrath if you want. We'd love to hear from you. Will do, buddy. Will yeah, do. I appreciate right. you. Bye. Take care, brother. <laughs> the schedule change has got has got Robbie's brain just scrambled eggs, man. <laughs> Guys, we're waiting on uh, Alex McGrath to join us. Okay. Yeah, he should be joining us in the next minute or so. Ryan Dean says, Chris, I rewatched the Charlotte game because of their short passing game and neutralized our blitzing. Second half, we adjusted, and we did what we had to do to win. Yeah, no, listen, we made the adjustment for sure, for sure. I, I just would like us to I, – I just would like us to start faster, man, bottom line. I, I just would. I'd like us to start faster. Here we go. He is in behind the scenes in the studio. Let's go ahead and get him in here. Our good friend joins us every single Tuesday, Alex McGrath. Alex, I feel like you're laughing because of my setup right now. What's going on, man? Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Where in the world is Chris Phillips this week? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you knew this, man. I took a little mountain trip. This was the setup yesterday also. And I got to say, I got to say, I have got to get a chair like this for the studio because I feel so much more mellowed out and relaxed. I'm normally like sitting up at attention. And I feel like I'm like, I feel like because of the way I'm sitting, I'm unintentionally putting myself on edge, you know, instead of just like, I'm like, I, dude, I got the mountain view out of the, uh, out of the, uh, the door right now in the background. I mean, it's, it's a very calming thing. Gotta be honest. 
It's a very calming thing. So maybe that's, our football team listen, could take a trip like that's this. That's the best, and, and, man. And relax them a little bit, and we could get off to some faster starts and kind of mentally recenter or something. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I see you're in the office, my friend. What's Perhaps. going on? How are, Who how could are say? you? <laughs> Doing good, man. Doing good. Just just another day in paradise. Now, watching, Alex, watching the world melt away from a computer screen, but that's yes, neither here nor there. We don't want to talk about that. I, you know, it's funny. I, I, it's this is how you know I'm, I'm literally on mountain time because I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I didn't even, hey, before yesterday, I didn't even know there was a hurricane. I didn't even know there was a hurricane. Stephen Garcia texted me, yeah, there's, a, we're boarding up for a hurricane. Yeah. I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? I was like, bro, I'm, I'm, my brain is off pretty much <laughs> to everything else. I'm like the business, and then. I literally went on like a two-hour hike yesterday and had no service, and it was like the greatest thing ever. It was awesome. Much needed, much needed, because my, my brain stays You need that reset every once in a while. Yes. yes, it's been great. But obviously, of course, we're still pumping out content here and getting after it. Hey, before we get into the football stuff, man, how about the uh, the Americans taking the President's Cup? It seemed like it was in pretty easy fashion, too. Quail Hollow did a fantastic job hosting the event. It, it, I didn't see that. They did. They did. They did a great job. I think it probably got a little closer before the Sunday singles than the captains would have liked. But, you know, I think they've had, I, I want to say they've held that event 15 times and the internationals have won once. So <laughs> love to see that get a little closer, but you know, it is what it is. Is the, is the Ryder cup this year or not? Or is it next year? Next year. Next year, okay. I didn't think they did those those two right? events the same year. Because I know they postponed it for COVID. They did the re they did Whistling Straits this past one, and the next one I think is in Italy hmm. next year. Okay, okay, gotcha. I will tell you this again. One more side note: where I'm at right now, I'm not going to disclose my location, but I'm a mile above sea level, and the golf course up here, I mean, it is just it's like Augusta in the mountains, bro. I mean, it's pristine, like just you know. Grass is green. I mean, it's it's seventy. Also, so you brought you brought your so. sticks. I did bring my sticks. I probably will not yeah. go play though. But uh, yes, I did bring my sticks. But it, it, no, it's uh, weak. It, and weak. I'll, I'll send you some pictures later today. I mean, it's it's a track. It's a track. I mean, uh, anyways, though, Alex, we're not here to talk golf. We're here to talk South kind of football. What's so funny? I'm going to throw you under the bus, Alex. I'm going to do it. So sorry about it. Please do. You you came by the tailgate, which was awesome. I appreciate you coming by Sea Wells. You told me you said, hey. Let's keep the conversation to the first half. You had the kiddos with you, obviously, so I'll give you the pass. But, uh, you know, let's keep the combo, you know, mostly to the first half because that's what we'll be watching. I'd assume you're probably hitting the road, getting the kiddos tucked in. But it's funny because the first half was the interesting part, right? Like the, the first half was if you only watched the first half, I think you would have been in a pretty sour mood today. Thankfully, <clears throat> thankfully, this Gamecocks football team was able to find something at halftime, make the adjustments, especially on the defensive side, and pull away and, and do what we thought they would do from the jump. But, dude, I, I, I know I've asked you this before, and I, I just have to bring it up yet again because, unfortunately, I talked about this yesterday, but you've been outscored, and it's four games, but you've been outscored 28-6 to six in the first quarter in your first four games. You haven't scored a first-quarter touchdown. I just, like – to me, the slow starts are all mental. I, they have to be. Because when you look at the second half, right, it, it's, it's, it's not because you were physically incapable of doing what you did to Charlotte. Like, it has to be, in my opinion, a mental thing. Like, whether it's the preparation during the week, it's the way they're approaching the game in the locker room and pregame, whether it's something with coaching, 
I mean, would you agree, disagree? Like, I feel like it's got to be something mentally that I don't know if they've just got to change up their pregame routine, but something's got to give because you can't make a living falling behind like that and getting off to these slow starts. Well, obviously, totally agree on that. I Like, almost to me, it's kind of like it's the scripting of the first 10 plays you throw out there may have something to do with that. But because, I, I, honestly, I don't know what else to draw it to. Like, that just, like, statistically, that's statistically improbable for, you know, two straight years that this has been the case. So, it's got to be a – to me, it's got to be some sort of a scripting issue. And, you know, based, based on the comments that made their way around the interwebs last week, which I'm sure we will get into momentarily, um, I would most 100% describe it to a scripting issue on the first 10, 15 plays you're going to run. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the comments, Alex, and, and it's so wild because we'll start with the positives, by the way, the offense, because the number one, the, the, the ones for you, they score on every single possession they have. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, uh, what a great story. I mean, obviously, he's the highlight of the night, and he really showed you. I mean, with some competent blocking, you know, he, he's a dude. I think he's a dude. I know it was Charlotte, but that dude, he showed, he showed what we were all hoping he was going to give you when he enrolled back in 2020, and it's just a great story, right, him coming back from the injury, and, and now, you know, we see – he is fully healthy, 100%. Just talk about, you know, we'll start with that. What you saw from him, thoughts, uh, you know, when you're talking about comparing him to previous backs at the University of South Carolina. Maybe it's early to make any type of comparisons like that. But he definitely showed an athleticism, an explosiveness. I mean, that hurdle, that might be the run of the college football season. At definitely to this point it is. One of the best runs I've ever seen from a South Carolina running back. Um, showed the toughness, you know, on the one run, the stiff arm, just pushing the guy down. Definitely, when you're looking at the offense, that's a huge positive you can take moving forward. That I think Marshawn Lloyd has now got to be looked at as a guy. This is a dude that we need to get touches, and we will be able to be able to depend on on a weekend, week out basis. Oh, for sure. And I think that was really like honestly the first three weeks of the season. Like I think that was the frustrating part because you saw him make those types of moves mm-hmm. against you know Georgia State, against Arkansas, against Georgia it was just like the blocking wasn't there or that, you know, there was just somebody in his face at all times and to like give him a little bit of wiggle room. Like you saw what he's fully capable of again, granted it's Charlotte, but you're able to see what he was fully capable of. And if we can put together 50% of that effort blocking for him for the remainder of the season, he's going to have a really successful year. Because that's what you want to see. You want to see a back that's got some shiftiness, that's a big enough dude to run somebody over, and that can step on the gas when he gets past somebody and take one to the house. And he's got all three of those attributes. And so that was nice to see it, like, on full display, really for the first time since he's been there. Now, on the defensive side, Alex, again, it was a slow start. At one point, Charlotte was seven for seven on third downs. It was like death by a thousand paper cuts in the first half. Just could not get a stop, could not get off the field. But, again, the bottom line is this. You do make the adjustment. Uh, just talk about what you saw in the second half, man. I, I thought it was much more of an attacking defense. Was that something that we changed up? Was it something that, you know, I know Charlotte's starting quarterback obviously suffered an injury. But I thought you just saw a much more attacking, aggressive defense. And I thought what you saw in the second half was what you saw a lot of last year in the sense of a defense that was opportunistic, forced those turnovers, right, was able to capitalize. Um, and what we obviously need to see more of moving forward, maybe it's some encouraging signs. Again, take it with a grain of salt. Yes, it was Charlotte. 
But you know as well as I do, Alex, when they come, they come in bunches, and you hope that uh, that's something you can really build on, again, take forward beyond SC State. But going back into SEC play, you hope those turnovers will continue. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, obviously looking back on it now, like, you know, the turnovers we were able to generate last year masked a lot of inadequacy on the defense, but we were able to turn the ball over in bunches. And, you know, outside of, you know, we're two top ten teams that we've played where we really haven't generated any turnovers. You know, we got blocking punts, getting turnovers against Georgia State. We're getting three interceptions off of Charlotte where, you know, for the first half the quarterback just wasn't putting the ball in harm's way. And then all of a sudden – in the second half, you give yourself an opportunity to go get some poorly thrown passes. And they, they were able to take advantage of that because, you know, truthfully, like based on what happened in the first half and what you're saying, going for seven for seven on third down, you know, they had to they had to gen up something to get the game back going in their favor. And they were able to do that, which is an encouraging sign. And that's what you want in these get right games or these get well games, so to speak, where, you know, you've been through <clears> – <throat> You've been through a mini gauntlet, and now you have an opportunity to get out there, see what you can do, and build confidence to go into that Kentucky game. Mm. Or, excuse me, into the South Carolina State game, then into the Kentucky game. Mm. Now, back to the offensive side, Alex, and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because these type of games, like you said, the get well games, I, I think it's important, and I, and I made this point yesterday, it's important to see, you know, I, I think the folks that are just being overly critical and, and nitpicking things, you know, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the way to go about it because you want to give credit where credit's due and highlight the positives. And, again, we've done that to this point. And there were positives that came out of the game uh, on Saturday night. You know, your offensive line, right, able to get a push and, and, and uh, establish some confidence. You know, it's great to see a guy like Luke Doty come in and throw a touchdown to Corey Rucker, get him acclimated. He's obviously been out with injury and, Marshawn Lloyd, of course, who mentioned Spencer Rattler was efficient with the football, you know, didn't turn it over. There's positives to take away. But when you look at a game like Charlotte, Alex, you almost have to nitpick, right? Because it's this season was never about beating Charlotte, right? This season's not about beating SC State. I feel in these games it's about learning about your football team, working on your weaknesses, your deficiencies, and setting yourself up to be in the best possible position to go beat, let's say, a Kentucky that you have to face in a week and a half. So offensively, when I nitpick and my biggest gripe, and again, I talked yesterday, was the the lack of downfield passing game, right? And I was – I understand, you know, Shane Beaver said in postgame, our, our plan was to run it 40 times and establish the run. And I under, I'm, I'm not blaming you, right? You knew you could push Charlotte around. You should be able to. You're an SEC team. They're the Charlotte 49ers. What do you make of the offensive game plan against the 49ers? Were you left feeling similar to how I am in the sense of just you you felt like you were kind of left desiring more? Because now we sit here through four games, Spencer Rattler statistics still aren't what they are. Two touchdowns to five picks. I, I understand you wanted to generate confidence for your O-line. You're running it. And maybe that was the game plan or it will be the game plan Thursday against SC State to just pitch and catch it all over the yard. But I just thought it was interesting that they did not try to go downfield more. I, and – and from your vantage point, do you feel like that was more of a scheme thing? Was it a Spencer Rattler thing, not willing to pull the trigger? What did you see from the passing game on Saturday night? It was definitely a scheme thing. I mean, you look no further than the first drive we came out on where we I think we ran the ball nine straight times. Mm-hmm. Like the first pass we threw was trying to throw it into the end zone. <laughs> 
but like we can go down that rabbit hole later. But it was like to me, it looked more, more of a scheme thing where it's just like, look, this is what we're going to do this week. We're going to try to put it down their throats. We'll throw it where we need to, and that's it. And, you know, to your point, like, I think that's great to build confidence for a unit, the O-line and a running back to let them get out there and, you know, get that feeling where like, hey, you know what, I am pretty good at this. I can do these things and to build that confidence. At the same time, you know, and I'll reserve judgment to see what we do on Thursday against SC State, but, you know, I, I would have, like, you've got to build confidence in your quarterback too. And hitting downfield passes consistently is something that we've missed opportunities on the first couple of weeks of the season. And you've got to build that somewhere. And if, you know, if we come out against SC State, we're like, we're going to establish the run, that's fine. But you're not going to be able to do that against Kentucky. You're not going to be able to do that against Tennessee. You're not going to be able to do that against Florida. You're not going to be able to do that against A&M, Clemson. Like Missouri, I, I would assume Missouri is the only opponent left on the calendar that you're going to be able to potentially like push around. And maybe Vandy, maybe Vandy, maybe Vandy. That's great. That's fine. And Vandy. So. Maybe Vandy. I always forget about Vandy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to the Commodores listening. No, I don't blame um, you. I don't blame you. But, um, but you know, like you've got to have, you've got to build confidence. And, and again, it just kind of it goes back to what Satterfield said, where it's just like you know, if I had my way of thinking i'd be running for 275 every game and like that's great if we could do it right but that is not reality and we've got to be able to use these types of games to polish up all aspects of our offense and it like if i could be quote unquote disappointed we didn't really attack in that fashion a little bit but i mean at the same time we got to watch marshawn lloyd do his thing which was awesome so yeah yeah, I mean that's I, my I think biggest Alex, strike. I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, listen. I mean, li- listen again, and and I, I like I said, I think it's important to see. You know, there's I've talked before. There's the garnet glasses optimistic view. There's the chicken curse pessimistic view, and then there's the middle, and that's where the truth is. And I try to stay, and I know you and I both. That's why we get along. We try to stay in the middle as much as possible. So it's not taking anything away from the positives, but it's terrifying to me. To to your point, that I think Marcus Satterfield is who he is. I really do. I, I really, you know, we thought what he said going in the week of the Georgia game about 12 and 13 personnel. We're going to run for 270. We were like, oh, okay. He's just he's just giving a smoke screen because there's, there's no way that could actually be the plan. Alex, I think that's the plan. I, I really do. I really I think, think that's – I think that's what he wants to be, literally. I, I think he was, he was telling the truth. It's like I, I feel like I'm in Pirates of the Caribbean when Jack Sparrow is telling the truth to the uh, – He's trying to steal the ship, and they're like, if he was telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. That's what we thought. That's what we thought, right? They're like, there's no way he would have just said it. I think he was honest. I think he was being – and that's terrifying. Because as you mentioned, and it's not a knock on – I mean, there are few teams outside of Alabama, Georgia, you're just elites that are going to be able to recruit at a level to say, we're going to go run it for 270 a game and – we're just going to ground and pound and three yards in a cloud of dust. Like, and even Alabama's not doing that, right? Like even the elites aren't doing that, you know, and it's, and it's, here's my thing. Here's what I'll say to this too. It's hilarious because Marcus Satterfield is the one that said, well, we didn't bring Spencer Rattler here to hand the ball off. Well, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. There's, there's nothing you've shown me that isn't true. And I'm watching the ESPNU broadcast. And they're labeling Spencer Rattler as a game manager. And I wanted to throw up. 
Because here's my thing. If you wanted a game manager at quarterback, Luke Doty's on the roster. No offense to Luke, but you, did you did you need to go get this guy? Like, I, I just – it's terrifying. It, it's ter- terrifying, Alex. And, again, I, 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 my, my game, and I know probably for yours as well and kind of everybody, is the Kentucky game. We'll see what happens. They could pull a fast one on us and throw it 50 times. We have no idea. But it, but it makes me feel like maybe Sat's a one-trick pony. Maybe this is just who he is, and he was dead honest about, I want to be 12-13 personnel run for 270. I, I don't know. I, I, I just – I don't know. I think the moving forward, I, I think in this SC State game, the downfield passing game – and I guess, I guess it's, you know, you, you're throwing for a loop because now the game's on Thursday, right, shorter week, and, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're well, we're just going to keep it as simple as possible and – and, uh, you know, not get too crazy, but, man, I, I just – I think you are really doing yourself a disservice if you don't take this game against South Carolina State to to try some different things and to go down the field because these are the games to do it, Alex. These, these are not the games to be boring. You can go be boring in SEC play. Go be bo- – like, you're going to have to be boring. You know what I mean? Like, these are not the games to be boring. Like, what do you – what what did you, did you prove – that you can pick on the little guy? I mean, who cares? What happens? I said this yesterday, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but what happens when you have to pick on somebody your own size? Then what? What happens when you go up against Kentucky and you're, you're going to punch them in the face, but they're going to punch you back? Then what? Right? Then what's your plan? And if you haven't worked on a passing game, and, you know, we can talk about Marshawn Lloyd's confidence. I'm, I'm ecstatic he's got confidence now. Offensive line's confidence, although I don't know that it really means a whole lot. Where is Spencer Rattler's confidence, Alex? Where's Spencer Rattler's confidence? That's, yeah. Two touchdowns to five picks. I mean, where is his confidence? Because as you Uh, mentioned, we're not going to run for – what's probably going to happen since people want to look ahead past SC State – you know what's probably going to happen, Alex? We're going to go to Kentucky. We're going to run for 2.9 yards per carry, 74 yards on the ground. And if we can't throw the ball, we don't stand a chance. That's probably what's going to happen. Because that's who Carolina football has just been forever. Or at least recently, right? The, you know, I'm not even saying that as yeah. a knock. But, damn it, you got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. To say that we're going to go to Kentucky and, you know, I, I, we've just found our identity. We're going to ground it. No, you're not. You're, you're not. You know better than that. You know better. <laughs> you do. <laughs> You we know better than that. I mean, if, I mean, surely, I, I, it's my sincerest hope. But I mean, we weren't the ones calling plays that we haven't worked on in three weeks. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm not. You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not even sitting here saying I'm I'm leading the fire sat charge quite yet. I know you and I already had this conversation. Heck, I said it yesterday. I mean, I, Kentucky's my game, and if you if you don't show a willingness to get out of your ways. I'll be done. I'll be done with Satterfield, man. I'll be done. I just – I'm so tired of watching bad offense. I'm so tired of – of you know what I mean? I, I just I, – I'm – and I'm just so underwhelmed with Spencer Rattler at this point. And I don't know if it's his fault, really, but I am. I am. So. I don't know that I'm – I don't know that I'm underwhelmed yet. I think I was just – like, obviously, was just expecting – I'll put it this way. Like, you know, the offense that we're seeing right now isn't horribly dissimilar from what we saw last year, which I assumed was going to change when you get somebody, when you get a trigger man like a Spencer Rattler in there, 
And it just doesn't look a whole lot different. It kind of looks like you're running like the exact same offense you were trying to run last year. And it's just like you add this piece and you don't add a new wrinkle to it and you don't push the ball downfield, even though you have proven across the board, you've got personnel on the outside that can push the ball down the field. Like, did I mean, like, did Jaheim Bell have a catch on Saturday? He had two. He's got seven catches in four games. I Like, that to me is a criminal mismanagement of your offensive personnel. Like, ding, in, ding, I, ding, listen, ding. Tell him he's one. No, I think you hit the nail on the not, head. Not, I, I, think, I think the, the biggest I mean, like, frustration not, is the fact it looks the same as last year. I think that's the greatest frustration. And, and, and I wasn't expecting us to score. And it's just four games in. It can change. I wasn't expecting us to score 50 per game, but I thought it would look different. And it just doesn't. Like, yeah. Alex, Alex, this, this might irritate some folks. I think we're the same football team with Luke Doty under center right now. Right now, I think we are. I think we have the same record. Oh, for sure. I don't know, no, that, I wouldn't. I don't know that the stats are that much different. And that that is it's almost it's just baffling to me. It's shocking to me. It yes. It's all of the above. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Because you're right, we would have the exact same record if Luke Doty was playing quarterback. Exact same. And I just, and I don't even mean that as like shade to Luke. Luke's an incredibly talented player right. who's going to be a right. great quarterback for us and played great last year. I don't mean that as like shade, but it's just like you you brought in the guy that was the number one quarterback recruit in the country in 2019. Like turn him loose. We got <laughs> you brought in Stogner. Turn him loose. You got a Jaheim Bell sitting back there that you know potentially is you know first day, second day NFL draft pick. Turn him loose. We have Josh Van does have catch. Yeah. I mean, what's like, like you mentioned? What are like you doing? You what's what's going on with Jaheim Bell? Marcus Satterfield should go straight to jail. Like, straight to jail. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect $200. It is criminal misconduct. Go straight to jail. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's criminal. It's criminal. Um, anyways, I mean, it, you know, I, I will say you this, Alex. And, There's and, so many threats in the vertical passing yeah. game. So many. Right. And we don't use and any I, of it. And I guess, again, that's that's where I'm left. And, again, if you go out there, we're having a different conversation next week if you go out there against SC State. And maybe you make the passing game the priority and say, okay, like they, maybe they just were trying to use Charlotte to boost the run game. We're using SC State to boost the pass. Because, again, Alex, I just think it's 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 – you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not at least proving to yourself that you can do it. And, and if you can't do it against this competition, how – I mean, it's 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 almost like, you know, Alex, in, in, any, in any walk of life, it's great to have strengths, right? It's great. And, and you, you want to, to emphasize those strengths and minimize your weaknesses. But if you're never working on your weaknesses, your weaknesses inevitably have to come up, right? It's like going to the batting cage and – you're just going on the machine that pitches nothing but fastballs, right? You just – it'll look good in the short term. Your buddies will think you look cool and your girlfriend will think you look cool. Man, but if you know in your heart of hearts in the back of your mind you can't hit a curveball and you just don't work on it just because, you know, it's your weakness, you don't want – right? What are you – you're just doing you're – you're only hurting yourself. You know, and so I, I just – I'm not saying even – well, I, maybe I am saying because, you know, I, I was going to say the passing game's a weakness – I don't think it's a weakness in the sense of we can't throw the football. We're just not 
Like, you need to take advantage of building confidence in the passing game, right? Because if – and that was the thing, I think, for me. I just left that game feeling no better about the passing game. But I will say you this, Alex. All in all, it is great to be having these conversations after you score 56 points and you get a 56-point win. I mean, that – that I mean, I'm, I'm – you know, coaches will tell you, you know, the, the – the ideal situation is you have learning moments and teaching lessons from wins, from victories, right? You'd much rather it be that way than the flip side and you have to teach after defeat. So that is the positive. We're not trying to be all doom and gloom. We're not. But I think, again, it just comes back to the fact these two games are about gearing up to take down Kentucky because that's the one that everybody's looking forward to. And that's the one that's going to really, I think, set the tone for the second half of the year. Um, Alex, let, let's get into SC State because, again, I, I don't know that there's really much to nitpick or much more to nitpick from Charlotte. Thoughts on the game being moved to Thursday? Obviously, uh, you know, the the impending weather coming in, it's going to be really nasty Saturday, really all across the state, but definitely in Columbia. Does the game being moved, does it change anything for you, the way you look at it? I mean, I would assume, and Shane Beamer will speak here at one thirty, but I would assume from the – standpoint of injuries guys who are nicked up I don't think anybody that's even remotely questionable is going to play in this game I mean call it for what it is no disrespect to SC State but you should be able to take your twos and go out there and kind of comfortably win no matter who's out there um, so I think anybody that's that's remotely nicked up and even guys that just need rest they might just get rest but uh, does it does it change your view at all of, of the game with it being moved to Thursday no, I mean, I, it, I mean, from an overall outcome standpoint, absolutely not. I think it could be sloppier than you would otherwise see just because you don't have the prep time going into it. Honestly, like the biggest disappointment is exactly what you just said. The guys that are nicked up, you know, are going to have to sit a week before you go through Kentucky. And maybe it's guys that don't need live reps. But, you know, the guys that do need live reps, you know, I just I hope they're going to get what they need to get before we go into Lexington. And I know we already talked about it, Alex, but the the number one thing, because, I mean, we're, we're, there's no need in sitting here breaking down every every little bit of this game. And, again, it's it's another get, get good game, feel good game, whatever you want to label it as. A game – I really look at it, Alex, as a name your score game. I, I mean, whatever score prediction you want to throw out there, fine. I mean, I, I could see it happening. Um, but it's a game for South Carolina, again, like we talked about it with Charlotte, to build as much confidence – and positive momentum as you can before you get back into SEC play. And, again, I, I feel like I'm – I know what you're going to say, but the number one thing you're looking for in this ball game from the Gamecocks is what? Let Rattler turn it loose. Just let him turn it loose. Like, if he throws four interceptions, who cares? Like, let him go to work. Because if it doesn't, like, you know you're going to be able to run the ball. Let him find let him find a groove. Let him let him let him and the receivers find a groove that you can carry on into Kentucky. Because you're going to need them to beat the Wildcats. Now, this is sure, it could be one of those games like we played Florida last year or when we played Auburn last year, where you know what, we could run for 275. I don't think that's a likely scenario. So like get that passing game timing buttoned up in live reps under the lights, and carry that forward to the next week. That's what I want to say. Yeah, downfield passing game, Alex. I, I just, again, it, you know, it'll, it'll be fine and fun for all of us as fans. You know, you go out there and you win 63 to 10 or, I don't know, 58. I, I don't know, whatever. You, you go win big. 
And, you know, if, if you run for 350, it'll, it'll be great for the guys that, that, you know, your running backs and everybody in the run game. But I just, again, what do you accomplish? I, I just – I don't know what you really accomplish because you're not going to play an SC State or a Charlotte D-line in Lexington. And, again, we'll, we'll talk about that more next week and everything, but, but I, I do agree with you, the downfield passing game, build Rattler's confidence. How about the confidence of Antoine Wells? How about the confidence of Jaheim Bell? How about the confidence of Josh Van? Like you mentioned, Stogner in the passing game. How about those guys' confidence? Because I can tell you this, that run game, it may show up, it may not. I don't give a damn either way, though. If you're going to get to, say, seven wins at this point, you got games at Kentucky, A&M, you know, you got your, your Mizzou game at Vandy, at Florida, Tennessee, Clemson. So to get to seven and five, you got to go what? Uh, five and three? If you're going to go five and three, you need above average quarterback play. You're not going to get – you're not getting to seven wins. I don't even think you're getting to six wins if you don't have above average quarterback play. That's what you have to have in the SEC. So, I think it is it is it is paramount to build Spencer Rattler's confidence in this game. And I'm not talking a bunch of bullshit swing passes. My God, I ain't never seen an OC <laughs> that loves a swing pass more than Marcus Satterfield. Intermediate throws downfield, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you have the athletes on the outside to pick apart SC State. And if you don't believe that, well, we have. Issues just beyond solving at this point. So, um, yeah, I, I think you and I, I think actually uh, excessive swing passes is what got Billy Napier run out of Clemson. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just I don't know. Anyways, I, I you know may, maybe again maybe the game plan will be to throw for five hundred. But I don't care if you run for two fifty, throw for three hundred as well though. At least be balanced. I mean, I, I'll take that. Yeah, be balanced and show a willingness and, and maybe... to, to work on that down the field. And maybe that's like the most bizarre aspect of what we watched on Saturday was like you had the opportunity to do that and you didn't. So like to me, it would be even weirder if you did that against Charlotte and then you turned around and just aired it out against SC State. Like, you know, I would love to see that happen, but it's just that would be even like a more bizarre happening than just trying to be balanced. Good point. Alex, this has been fantastic, man. Hey, last thing before I get you out of here, you were obviously a player that – or uh, when you played at Carolina, you guys had Thursday night games. I know this is a – not your typical because it's a reschedule and literally we're finding out the week of. But uh, favorite part about Thursday night games at South Carolina, was there anything that stood out that was different than your typical Saturday affair at Willie B? I mean, having the weekend off was definitely the best part. <laughs> Oh, definitely it. the best part. Love it. Love yeah, it. no, that was that was the best part. Yeah. Being able to chill. But I mean, Saturday. it's 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 cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and that that was the best part about it. It just kind of gave you those extra couple of days, like in the season, to just kind of relax, not have to be in the building for a couple of days, and just kind of recharge. Exactly what you're doing right now, just recharge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll talk about it next week, but maybe, just maybe. This is the blessing we needed and the, and, the, and the spark our season needed to get an extra, what, two, two, three days to prepare for Kentucky. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Listen, I'll, I'm going to say this out loud, and I know I'm going to regret it, but, like, Kentucky's not that good. Well, I, I think they're, they're vastly I overrated. I, th I think they're vastly yeah, I overrated. It. 
They're, they're not they, – they are – I'll put it this way. And this isn't taking anything away from this team that you were on, by the way. They are like the 07 Kentucky team. Like, was that team really the yeah. seventh best team in the country? Like, No. I mean – No, they weren't. They had good players, though. I'll give them that. Right, right. Woodson um, was good, but we were better. <laughs> we were better. We were better. We had we better players. Better. And we don't. We don't even. I don't need know. They just. In. They haven't. They don't. They certainly don't look like. What are they? Eighth. Seventh, I think, right now. They're seventh. Oh, seventh. Okay. Uh, you know, I'll give you a perfect example of this. Well, like, would the seventh ranked team in the country be a six point dog to Old Miss? That's a very good point. Yeah, I, I, that's a very good point. So, what's better? What's better for Carolina, Kentucky winning or losing against Ole Miss, or does it even matter? I don't think it. Uh, probably them winning. I would say, like you know, like if we can keep their blood boiling down, you know, that would probably be beneficial for us. Listen, it, I'm saying that completely understanding. Like we could walk into Lexington and lay a total egg, but. Just from what I've seen four weeks into the season, I'm not like, oh, man, Kentucky's going to run it all over us. I mean, it's certainly not like Georgia or Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, they they, they ran for, I think, 2.9 yards per carry against Youngstown State. So, they're having their issues up front, too. They're having their issues up front. Yeah. Uh, but, again, you know, we'll, we'll, again, we'll talk about it next week. But preseason, I, I picked South Carolina to beat Kentucky. And the reason, why did I pick us? Spencer Rattler. Spencer? Outdueling Will Levis. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's why I'm saying, got to get him going. Got to get him going. We're going to need him. Alex, always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you doing this, uh, especially on a – I know not necessarily for us. It didn't affect our schedule, but a bit of a chaotic week. So, uh, always appreciate you taking the time, my friend, and uh, looking forward to next week. Absolutely, buddy. Yeah, man. Take care. Good stuff, Alex. That was, ladies and gents, Alex McGrath. Appreciate him taking the time. Um, it's – 106 right now, guys. We won't even jump into a break. Uh, we're just going to run through this thing start to finish. Uh, Shane Beamer speaking to the media at 1.30. So, if you guys would like to get your calls in beforehand, please do so. Please do so. Let's jump into the Big Cock Club Discord. Let's see. Let's jump into the Big Cock Club Discord, the TDC Questions channel. Luke RJ, by the way, apologize to Joseph. Joseph, I don't know if you're still watching. But uh, let's jump back to the phone. Call here. from Robbie Davis is actually Hall of Famer. Tick. Robbie, appreciate you calling in. You sound a little bit more composed that time around. What's going on? <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. Uh, I actually before I decided, before I got a chance to call in again, I kind of I was struggling getting my dad's dog to come inside but I finally got her to come inside. Um, my prediction for Saturday, or for, for Thursday, correction, Thursday, this week is like all out of whack. My prediction for Thursday is 56 to 7. We're going to be able to, I feel like we're going to be able to do whatever the hang we want on both sides of the ball, Okay. I truly believe that we have the better athletes and it will show Thursday and we will take care of business build some more momentum go into Kentucky and give Stoopsie a butt cutting 
56 to 7. Is that right? 56 to 7. Okay, good. I, I will lock in my prediction tomorrow the, on, on the uh, the pod will drop. You guys will know my prediction tomorrow. I kind of already – I mean, you know, again, it's – it's a name your score game. I mean, it's it's a, you know you could you could throw out practically any prediction, and I'd say yeah, that's you know it's not like if well I got forty four to ten. Oh, you're wrong. It's like I mean it can it can you're you're once you start getting into those numbers, you're kind of just banking mm-hmm. on like how well do our twos play because the twos are going to play probably the entire fourth quarter at minimum. Uh, so yeah, fifty six to seven is about. And if we're lucky, the entire second half. Well, you know, I, I – yeah, I, I would like to see the ones, though, yeah. get as many quality reps as possible and just, again, build confidence as much as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. But, yeah, we'll see. And I one thing I want to see, okay, if, especially from the offense, all right, I don't care how you do it. Mix it up, move the ball up and down the field, and don't give State any time to breathe. Put them away early and make them and and keep them down. Keep them down. I don't care who the opponent is. Put them away early, keep them down, and score until the game is over. Score until the game is over. Indeed. And I think, and I, I agree with you. I think Marshawn Lloyd, even though it was against Charlotte, showed that if he had, if he has some blocking, he's a dude. He is indeed a dude. Okay. Yeah, he's indeed a dude. I think one of the things that he, I think one of the things that he struggles with though, is he tries too hard to hit the big play, like I've said before. And that has a tendency to come back and bite him in the keister because he's fumbled a couple of times this year. I feel like mainly because he tries too hard to, to hit the big play. And like I've also said before, I would just tell him, get what you can, all right? Don't try to overdo it. The, the, big, the big runs will come if you're patient. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree. And I'd it happened. And it happens. And it happened a couple of times against Charlotte, where he had some very nice runs. And I used to tell the running backs at Branchville before a game, I'm like, "Look, I don't care. I know I ain't coaching, but I'm. I know I don't care how many yards you get. Just hang on to the football. Priority numero uno: hang on to the football." Mm-hmm. Because if you hang on to the football, the opponent cannot score. That is a good point. They have to have the ball to score. That is a fact. Exactly. If you do smart, if you play, if you do, if you do smart things on offense, running and passing the ball, and they, the other opponent don't have no opportunity to get the ball, they don't score. Robbie, what are your feelings and right I now feel, on uh on Marcus Satterfield? What how are you feeling? What, you what's, really, what's the temperature check? You really want to know? I the you people really the know? people want to know. Not just me. The people want to know. 
the people want to know the people want the Zaxby's what's, Hall what's of Famer the thinks of Satterfield. The Zaxby's Hall of Famer. This ain't just coming from some slapdick. This is coming from a Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Yeah, this is yeah. I got uh, I got two plaques to prove it. One in my house and one at the Zaxby's. What's the temperature check on Marcus Satterfield for the Zaxby's Hall of Famer? If I see more than three swing passes on Thursday, or if I, or if I hear of him doing swing passes, his ass is grass. You are paid to move the ball down the field and score, not do swing pass after swing pass and try to lob the opponent to sleep. You are paid to go in for the kill. That's what you get paid to do. You get paid to go in for the kill. Whenever we are playing inferior opponents, you are paid to go in for the kill. Yet that does not happen Thursday. I will. I might be calling for Sadie's job. Helping him pack his stuff. Shoot, you can. I'll help. I'll help him pack his stuff, and I'll tell you what. I'll sign a dad dumb contract right there for Beamer right then and there in front of Satterfield. I don't care. I'll I may not have ha- I may not have dad dumb offensive coordinator experience, but I'll figure out ways to get that ball a moving. I can guarantee you. Instead of doing swing pass after swing pass, and the team knows what's coming because all we do is swing passes these days. I love it. I'd love to see you call plays, Robbie. I'm all about it. Robbie for OC. I'm all about it. So I'd assume and I'd assume you you and the crew will not be making the trip to the game, correct? Well, that depends. I'm trying to get a hold of her and find out hold up and find out because the original plan was to go all right mm-hmm. if if anything i'm going to figure out a way to go okay robbie side note what is uh your zaxby's hall of famer what uh what's your go-to zaxby's order my go-to zaxby's order yeah what do you what do you get i know what i get i'll tell you after you tell me what do you get it might be the same thing as you <laughs> Well, great minds do think uh, alike. Boneless wings and things. Boneless wings and things dipped in tongue torch and nuclear. Extra seasoning on the fries and two things of Zach's box. Okay. I also do a boneless wings and things, but in barbecue, <laughs> I did not. I've never asked for extra seasoning on fries, and I normally just take the Zach sauce and the ranch. But we are very similar in that way, and I get a sweet tea. <laughs> we are similar in that way. That was also one of my jobs. I was in charge of making sweet tea. I bet it was delicious. Oh, dude. I'm the, probably the best sweet tea maker you'll ever meet. I made it the exact way they told me to make it, too. I, I didn't do nothing special to it. I was just I was very good at it. But, uh... If I won, shoot, my, I think my aunt told me one time that if 
I'd love to plan a trip to go to Roebuck just to go to Zach. So, indeed. Well, now I'm now I'm getting hungry. Now, now I'm getting hungry, Robbie. Now I'm getting hungry. Um, R- Robbie, quick, quick question: <laughs> Do you do you know the the recipe to Zach's or Zaxby's sauce? Zach sauce. What's in it? Uh, let's just say. Well, okay. I'll tell you. I can. I know what some. I know some of the things. Okay. Anchovies is in it. You like anchovies? Anchovies. Yeah. I did not know anchovies were in it. Let's just say stuff that I wouldn't eat by itself is in Zach's sauce, okay? And anchovies is one of them, okay? Anchovies, uh, and a bunch of other stuff I can't even remember. But if you look at the wrapper, okay, the wrapper on the Zach sauce, the ingredients are on the wrapper. All those small words. It's not like those a are, secret. Those are the it's not like a, it's not like a secret recipe. So we're just, no. We're giving we're giving Zaxby's hella free <laughs> ads right now too. It's whatever, whatever. It's what it is. Shout out to Mr. Tony and Mr. Brian, my bosses. Let's go. <laughs> I love. But it. Uh, yeah, the ingredients are on the wrapper. Okay. In very Beautiful. small writing. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, Robbie. That was a riveting convo, and I can't wait to do it again soon. We're going to try to get probably one or two more calls in before Beamer uh, Beamer goes live on his presser. All right, buddy. You have a good one, okay? Robbie, appreciate you, my guy. We'll talk soon. Yep. Take care. Good stuff. Chase says he will not touch Zach Sauce again. <laughs> Who knew? And anchovies and Zach sauce. That, that, that's a bummer. That's a buzzkill. Uh, guys, Shane Beamer's presser upcoming in 12 minutes. Stay tuned for that. We will have it right here. Um, <clears throat> trying to think what else. I mean, of course, guys, the news today. South Carolina's game against SC State has been moved from Saturday <laughs> to Thursday at 7. John, John Edward, what's up, man? How are you? Good. Well, this week just got thrown into a van, but I'm not complaining. We got a game on Thursday. I'm not complaining. I had to fly. I don't know if you know this. I just fly to ask anyway. So, with the game being moved Saturday at 12 to 7 on Thursday, how uh, you probably don't know the anti spot I'd ask. How does this change, like, preparation? It gets moved up a couple of days. So, in regards to, like, their practice schedule or, like, what they're working on or what? Maybe – Practice, yeah, with everything, I guess. I mean, I I would just say, you know, as difficult as it is that they they probably just take the schedule that they normally have during the week. And, you know, today's Tuesday, which normally in a normal game week today would be Thursday. So, they're probably doing Thursday things on today. Today. And they're probably cramming a lot in. They're probably cramming a ton in. Um, you know, yeah. tomorrow will be walkthroughs like they normally do. Um, so I mean, it's definitely mm-hmm. listen. It's you, you got to be able to adjust and, and and work on the fly and and uh, but you know you should be able to do that. I mean, this is a game where you should be able to. Just no, yeah, let, yeah. Let your athletes go go work and. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. My expectations, my expectations for the game, 
really haven't changed at all. I mean, I just, I, I, you know, you play when you play. Who gives a damn? Just, just go play. So, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing, no, yeah. is guys that are, again, like I said, guys that are nicked up. I, I think anybody who, who, yeah, I mean, I think anybody who's nursing any sort of injury, it's, it's best to just let them. Don't try to get them to go play because you look like in the NFL. Short rest is when injuries normally happen because the body hasn't had time to, to recover like normal. So. Um, come mm-hmm. out of just come out of this one healthy. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see you again work on the passing game downfield, but come out of it healthy. Um, it'll be great to have that extra time for Kentucky to, to to rest up and you know get ready to go in that one. So yeah, I just yeah, I just when I heard the game got moved up, I'm just you know I guess that's the first thing that came to my mind. I just thought that's all about today. Come to Carolina, so yeah, my mind this morning, but um. Yeah, I mean, I guess like, dude, it's like the old day, Australia day. Yeah, yeah, getting. I, I think it's Australia cool getting thir- Thursday night into the lights. You know, we 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 clamored for one over the summer, and I didn't expect to get one like this. But you know, here we go. So Thursday will be a fun day, man. Just just you know, it'll be a fun week rocking with. You know, the great news is we have flexibility with what I do, and it's uh, it'll it'll be a lot of fun. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. I guess it's, I guess it's like, way like if you hate having to keep the game up like this, but circumstances it's like so I don't know I don't know like I don't know if Clemson would do the same thing I don't know if they're going to do because Clemson got a whole I mean I know Carolina more Carolina fans but being the same state everything it's something I thought of it's like we okay we moved out being the Thursday like Clemson's got supposed to play a night game on Saturday. Sheesh. I do but I mean that's the same they worry about themselves but. <laughs> I was thinking about it. That's another state that I don't know. Maybe they'll have a discussion, but. Right. Hey, Thursday, I mean, a couple days closer, and now we don't have to wait three or four days for a game that I don't want to lose. I'm not complaining. So, give me something to do. Because, like, give me something to watch to listen to. I'm almost going to listen to a game drop, to be honest. Um, so I don't have to worry about what's going on, but that way I can listen to Carolina on Thursday because Brandon's already playing on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. No, well said, John Edward. Hey, we're going to try to squeeze in a couple more calls for yeah, Beamer's, yeah, yeah. Uh, call Beamer's Presser, Beamer. my guy. Yeah, I appreciate you calling. So, yeah, in. great stuff. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I, uh, I, dude, I scared the hell out of myself. Yeah, I, my foot hit the cord and it just, good God. <laughs> uh, guys, we're going to try to squeeze in, like I said, a couple more calls. Um, I know my guy Dave Garrick just tried to call in. We had an Anderson number to try to call in. You guys want to call in? You're more than welcome. 843-790-3377. Yeah, I apologize. Like I said, I uh, send me straight to jail. Dave Garrett. Dave, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, I like the fact that the game's moved Thursday. Gives us a little more prep time for Kentucky, as well as a couple more days of rest. Mm-hmm. Um Chris, you know, I've been a proponent of uh, Satterfield, and I thought things would get better with Kitchens coming in. But, man, I, I'm, I'm going to take this off the air because I know you're pushing up close to Beamer. But um, I've just got a vibe, man, that um, they're just going to run the ball Saturday. I mean, Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so many times when somebody's had a hot hand, they've gotten away from them. Um, but I think they're going to feed Marshawn again 
Uh, I don't know if they're thinking it's going to help everybody learn their assignments and know what they're supposed to do on the running plays. But um, I'd love to see them pass it, but I just got this feeling that what we're going to see is pretty much what we saw against Charlotte. Have a good one. Appreciate it, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, well said. Listen, I I don't think you're – I don't even think at this point – I don't think at this point you're even pessimistic to – I mean, it's 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 not a one-game sample size, right? It's it's not a well. This is just something that uh, you know, just just the start of this season. I mean, this is this is now going into game eighteen, right, of Marcus Satterfield's tenure at South Carolina, and they just kind of have been what they've been. So, I I don't you know at some point people show you who they are, you know, at some point. Now people can change. <laughs> They can adapt and evolve, awesome. but Parrish. Parrish, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how you doing, Chris, man? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Quick question. If we play the South Carolina State game right this Thursday and we don't do any downfield passing or see any type of confidence booster for Spencer Rattler, do we go ahead and hop on the fire Marcus Satterfield train? I'm I'm giving it to Kentucky. I'm I'm gonna give it to Kentucky. I'm I'm not gonna you know especially coming off what should be a big win. I I won't lead that train quite yet. But I I just man again I just I just feel like you're doing yourself a disservice if you do that. Like why would you not take advantage of the opportunity to build confidence in that facet of the game? You know. Agreed. I mean, I, I, you're I just agree. you're just. I mean, you don't have to do it. I'm not saying you have to do it to win, but you're just you're you're kind of only hurting yourself. I mean. Because how, how are you going to go into Kentucky feeling like you can you can throw it downfield? What, it's all of a sudden going to click against a better team? I mean, right. that, that's my thing. It's just why not take advantage of it? Yeah, and I'm still trying to figure out how the hell does Jaheim Bell not have any – like, it's like he's not being targeted. I don't know if he's not doing well in practice or he don't get along with the coaches. It just don't make no sense to me why he don't get any type of catch. I feel like – He's probably one of, if not the best athlete we got on our own, on on our offense, like talent wise, because he's a mismatch for everything. Mm-hmm. Like you could put him at running back, you throw him at tight end, you could put him at receiver, and like it's like he don't get any type of like touches and catches or nothing. I don't understand. Yeah, no, I did it. We we, we got to get Jaheim Bell going. Too good of a player. I mean, he's an all conference type of talent. Again, these are just certain guys you're going to need down the stretch to play really quality football for you. And um, we know what he's capable of, but need to get him going. Need to get him going. So, um, again, that goes for everybody in the passing game, Rattler himself. But Bell, Wells, Stog, Van, God. I mean, what about Josh Van, dude? I mean, what, what a – just – this guy came back. He's got a daughter. Guy came back to South Carolina because he thought he'd be able to boost his draft stock and – and, uh, you know, make a check. And would he even be signed as an undrafted free agent right now? I mean, I almost feel bad for the guy. Really. I mean, I really do. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like I say, it's just, oh, it, I don't, I think to me, in my honest opinion, man, I think, I think Marcus Satterfield is probably, if we had like three major issues with the team, Marcus Satterfield won though. I hate to say it, man, but. He just is. Like, I yeah. feel like he's just one of them. Like, I, can, I can't even 
I can't even think of how many slant players that I've seen this year. Like I feel yeah. like we did no type of slant at all. Well, you know, because again, the thing is, is like I I was fine with putting it on personnel last year because I, I didn't think personnel was great. But when you just man, when you add the players you added, it, it, it's just it's really tough, man, to say that it's personnel again. And 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 we all agreed, you know, let's 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 not let's not go back on our word, or I'm not going to go back on my word from the preseason, right? I, I said it all summer long. We will know if the offense doesn't work. We will know who's to blame. There won't be any conversation. There won't be but this, but that. There won't be any if ands or buts. It's on one guy. Fair or unfair, it's on one guy. And so there's a listen. There's a lot of football left to play. A lot of football left to play. This thing could really heat up. We saw South Carolina last year the second half surge in the season. But if things continue and we are what we are at this point, we kind of just stay that way. It's it's a no brainer what has to happen. I mean, it's just a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And, and and every and week what, I, and every week that passes and we do the same thing over and over, it becomes less and less likely that anything will change because it's at some point it's just like this. It is what it is, you know. Right. So, yeah, man. Hey, I just want to say one thing real quick before I leave too. Oh, hey, Clayton White started to worry me too, and I liked the Clayton White last year because you know how we was. Like last year, like we were looking for the ball, like we were looking for interceptions. It's like this is like they're playing the man. You know what I'm saying? Like they not really, they not looking to intercept the ball. It's like guys are not paying attention on defense. So he started to worry me a little bit too. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's it, man. I appreciate the call, my friend. Thank you. Uh, no problem. Yeah, awesome stuff. All right, guys, we're gonna go ahead and. We're going to go ahead and get Shane Beamer on the screen. He is about to speak. Uh, really curious to hear what Coach Beamer has to say in regards to the game that has now been moved to Thursday at 7 o'clock. Maybe we'll get some some info in regards to what channel also. So, anyways, all right, I'm going to go ahead and take myself off the screen, guys. Uh, follow along on Twitter if you want to see Shane Beamer's comments, but uh, we'll chat with you all in a bit. Nice. Encourage you all to check it out as well. So full house today. A um, couple things before we get into this week. Uh, I know I said it the other night, but just want to thank our fans again for the sellout last Saturday against Charlotte every week as a uh, as a team after a win. We have our awards each week players of the game. I mentioned that to you guys on the Sunday night teleconference, but then we also <clears throat> do a Gamecock MVP is what we call it. And that's somebody that's gone above and beyond or somebody we want to honor, somebody that um, maybe a player, maybe a coach, maybe a staff member, maybe somebody in the community. It's a lot of different things, just somebody that embodies what we're about as a program. So we had um, two winners this week. One was this man right here, Joe Lyle, for all he does to go above and beyond the call of duty and some things that he did last week to get the video board up and operational uh, for the game on Saturday as well that he did on Friday and Saturday to, to get that done. But then the other one that our team and I that we honored as the Gamecock MVP for last week was our fans uh, to have another sellout in williams Bryce Stadium. Two of three are were non-SEC football games. Uh, I watch 
all around the country and, and I turn on games when I watch and I see half-empty stadiums. I see quarterbacks at other schools talking about how bad the atmosphere is at his own home game. Um, I hear talk about how hard it is now to get people in the seats, that it's easier to just stay at home and watch TV. So we appreciate our fans and want to thank them again for when people talk about this across college football, the Gamecocks are the outlier because we don't have to worry about filling up that place across the street. So we don't take it for granted, our players and coaches and staff. And for that reason, our fans, uh, the people that were in Williams-Brice Stadium were our award winners as uh, Gamecock MVP for this past week as well. A couple things on injuries. We're in pretty good position right now. I would say that Rush is questionable this week. I would say that Wanham is doubtful this week and then everybody else would expect to get back uh, David Spalding practiced a little bit today so that was good to have him out there and, and optimistic that everyone else <clears throat> will be back uh, as well certainly a unique week with a quicker turnaround I want to thank uh, uh, our great collaboration with South Carolina State and, and Coach Pugh and our administration and, and South Carolina State to change the uh, change the kickoff time so for, glad we were able to to get that done and, and want to thank our, you know, this is a university decision and certainly appreciate our university and working with athletics and the conversations that Coach Tanner and our uh, administration had as well along with South Carolina State because I know it's a lot that goes into changing a kickoff time. Uh, there's a lot of logistics at play as well, so there's a lot of people involved. Um, so fortunate we were able to to get that done. I've been here for a lot of Thursday night games here in Columbia. I know how electric and special they can be. I told the team out there after practice this morning, I mean, I remember some really special ones. I told them about 2008 when I think it was Russell Wilson and NC State. Is that right, David? NC State and Russell Wilson came in here and got blank 34 to nothing on a Thursday night. Told them about the 2009 Ole Miss game. Uh, I think that was the first time we ever played Sandstorm, if I'm not mistaken. They came in here ranked number four in the country and got – beat um and then i'd forgotten about 2007 kentucky was a top 10 team and and came in here and got beat on a thursday night and then don't y'all forget 2009 the, the boys from hattiesburg or 2010 the boys from hattiesburg southern miss ran in here on a thursday night so we had a thursday night home game every year that i was here as an assistant coach and i uh, had some awesome thursday nights out there in Columbia, and uh, hopeful that Thursday, this Thursday will be just as electric and as exciting as well. We know how our, how our fans feel about a night game. Uh, our players were excited this morning when I told them as well. And uh, not sure what the latest is on the TV, but I'm assuming it's going to be on television and and uh, uh, very few other very few schools that'll be on at the same time, if any. I think. There's a West Coast game or Mountain West game on Thursday night, but won't be a lot to choose from if people want to watch college football on Thursday night. So excited about it, but we've got to also play well. This is a really talented team that Coach Pugh has. Um, so much respect for Buddy Pugh and the man he is and the coach he is. And then as well, I mean, just the, the legends of South Carolina State, guys like Willie Jeffries, who I've got so much respect for and have just I enjoy being around every chance I get. So tons of respect for their program. Uh, they got a lot of really good players. There's a lot of talk last year uh, about Jackson State, and rightfully so. People forget that South Carolina State beat Jackson State 31-10 to 10, 
um, in uh, the last game of the season in their bowl game last year as well. A lot of guys that are key guys that are on that were on that team are still on this team as well. This is a really really athletic group led by a veteran quarterback. A lot of these NFL scouts that come through Columbia to watch us practice, when I, I usually ask them where you headed next, and the majority of them are headed to Orangeburg to go watch South Carolina State because I know they had a high draft pick last year in the defensive back, and they're going to have some guys off this year's team that are going to be uh, draft picks as well, notably that uh, re the receiver number one that they have out there as well. So this is a really athletic group, and, and we know how important this game is to them and our state and us as well. Uh, so we've got to have a really quick preparation, but a, a solid preparation because this is a talented team coming in here that will be excited to play on Thursday night as well. So what kind of questions y'all got? Why are you even raising? You know you're not going to get the first question over David Ben. Just I mean, you and Rick, y'all are race, racing for that first question. <laughs> one day, goals. Still not show up one day. So yeah. uh, <laughs> Shane, you know you get the news on a Tuesday, and I guess maybe in the middle of practice. Uh, so what do you have to do to you know get the most out of this practice? That the next day's practice, make sure you're ready. Is, are there some things you just have to cut out of what you want to work on? Yeah. Um, I would say last night I knew that it was maybe a possibility. So you kind of had like plan A, plan B, and I didn't tell everybody. I mean, I've kind of had conversations with the coordinators, just say, hey, don't be shocked. I didn't know, but I didn't know until this morning uh, as well, 100% for sure. So had a uh, we, we knew before we hit the practice field, I think at 9.45, I think we started today. Uh, so knew before we went on the practice field that so you certainly adjust. Yeah. So to answer your question, um, it's a quick turnaround. You can't do everything, but you also want to get because we didn't we played Saturday. We actually we didn't practice on Sunday and then Monday's our off day anyway. So it's been uh, since Saturday that our guys were on the field. So we got out there this morning and and did very much our normal Tuesday practice just we weren't in full pads and we were a little bit shorter and then we threw some things out as well and then tomorrow and the next day will be kind of a combination of what we typically do on a Thursday and a Friday um, just condense it and try and get it done in two days closer to game time so yeah it's uh uh, it's unique. Uh, we didn't play any Thursday Thursday games on a short week when I was at Georgia or Oklahoma, but uh, we did a bunch of them. Obviously, when I was here as an assistant coach and then I was at Virginia Tech, we used to play a lot of Thursday night games as well, so it's not the first time we've done it. And, and then we told our players this morning, it's very much like the NFL teams that play on Sunday and then turn right back around and play on Thursday. And I think this week it's the Dolphins and the Bengals, so we actually uh, reached out to Miami just to kind of get an idea of what their schedule was this week. And then we've got NFL coaches here, guys on our staff that have coached in the NFL that have done that as well. Um, so there's no perfect plan, but we're trying to put together the best thing for our team at this moment. Hey, Shane, you were on staff here in 2009, the last time the Gamecocks played SC State. What do you remember about that game? And also, um, when you talk to the team about SC State, do you mention the pride and tr the tradition the Bulldogs have, especially producing four guys in a Pro Football Hall of Fame? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. I remember that we ran a reverse on a kickoff return that night is the only thing I remember about that game, I'll be honest with you. I was coaching special teams and had a thing that we had been working on. I think it was like Wesley Saunders was involved maybe, but kind of taught it, caught it and ran a reverse over there towards their sideline and 
I'll be honest, that's about all I remember about it. But in regards to our uh, South Carolina State, I think our players know for sure. Um, and that's no disrespect to South Carolina State. Every week we don't spend a ton of time talking about the other team, but we also made them very aware this morning that this is a talented team. There was a high draft pick last year on their team. They're going to have NFL players or players get drafted off this year's team. We've got so many guys on our team from South Carolina. They know um, what this program, South Carolina State's program, is about without a doubt. And, you know, we were, I was looking at their roster yesterday. I think it, I think their entire roster is from South Carolina except for – nine or ten guys that are not from South Carolina. So everybody on our team pretty much knows everybody on their team. So there's great pride on both sides, and, and there's a ton of respect for, uh, for South Carolina State's program. And all you have to do is turn on the tape and see that and then also see what they were able to do uh, last year against quality teams like Jackson State. Good. Um, even with the guys that you know are, are just coming off of injuries, are technically healthy but still banged up, you know, how does having that short turnaround affect recovery? Like, is there anything you're doing to kind of just adjust things for that group that's, you know, yeah. either not quite healthy or freshly healthy? Yeah. No, it's uh, – that's the one – uh, I don't want to say negative, but one thing that's maybe not as good because it's less time for those guys to get well. Uh, part of that was we didn't practice on Sat on on uh, on Sunday, so it gave them a little bit of extra time in the meeting room, in the weight room, and in the training room to kind of get their bodies recovered and and whatnot going into the new week. Yesterday was an off day, so that was kind of a physical break. So even though they're off, I mean those guys are are doing whatever they can to get ready to play as well. Um, and if they, you know, if they weren't able to do much in practice today, there's really not much you can do tomorrow because tomorrow is the day before the game. So honestly, it's just kind of trying to fit a lot of recovery and rehab and prep into a shorter period of time. And whether it's an injured player, whether it's a coach who now has what two less nights or days of preparation like you normally would be. I mean, normally what's today, Tuesday. So normally I'd be walking out of here and we'd be getting ready for the Wednesday practice, which is third down and then Thursday practice, which is red zone. And then a Friday walkthrough. Well, we don't, I mean, we'll walk out of here now and spend the rest of the day getting ready for third down red zone in the game situations, two minute, four minute coming out, all that, that you normally have all week to do. So it's just, there's not enough hours in the day, but also, um, you know, for the players as well, it's a, there's got to be an even higher sense of urgency, you know, to get ready to play, whether you're healthy or not. Shane, a little bit off of what Rick was asking, I think, I mean, you've seen it with like, you know, in Mississippi where, you know, the Mississippi schools don't always play Jackson State. I, yeah. I know you guys have played South Carolina State a couple of times in the last few years. I guess I don't know that it's on the schedule, at least for the next foreseeable future. I mean, right. is this a game you guys would like to keep on the schedule at least going forward? Or I guess how does... Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's great for the state. You know, I know we play uh, Walford and Furman, I think, coming up in the next, cu next couple of years uh, as well. So I think it's great for the state when you have, uh, when you're able to play the in-state schools or able to play each other. I know South Carolina State played Clemson last year, and uh, we obviously play them this year. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And uh, it's a talented team that you're going to play each and every year. It's a well-coached team, and, and it's a program that we have a ton of respect for uh, with Coach Pugh and what they do. Kind of taking you back down memory lane again. You again, you were on the Georgia staff in 2016, where the game got pushed back because of a hurricane. Do you yeah. remember? Do you remember anything about that week and kind of how weather affects preparation? Or it's a little bit different this time with being up. But is there anything you remember from that? Yeah, good question. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, it was a Sunday game, wasn't it? Um, not.
much because I think I want to say we found out like on Thursday of that week that the game was getting moved. So we had really at Georgia, we had we we had been through our entire week of practice. And then it was one of those, okay, you finish practice on Thursday and normally you're getting ready to play on Saturday. Well, this time it was, uh, you get ready to play, you finish practice on Thursday and it's, oh, we're not leaving the to bus over to Columbia tomorrow. You got one extra day in, uh, in Athens. So it was a little bit different because you actually had more prep time uh, because of it. Um, honestly, I remember two things. There were no hotels uh, so whatever hotel we were supposed to stay in, we couldn't get into. So we actually stayed at that at the uh, the National Advocacy Center right here on campus, um, which was that's a, a story in itself. Um, and uh, it's the weird the things that stay with you. I remember there was a presidential debate that night between uh, what would have been Trump and Clinton, I guess, in 2016. And I just remember that being on the bus that I was on with the players going back to Athens that night that we had the presidential debate on and just hearing players in the back talk on both sides and stuff like that was just kind of unique. So I remember the game. We were turned an onside kick for a touchdown at the end of the game, Terry Godwin, um, and uh, thought it was a beautiful day in Columbia. But outside of that, it's the weird things like that that stay with me. But not much to draw back on because, like I said, you had been through the – we had been through the whole week of prep. It's more like when I was at, you know, Virginia Tech, we played, I think, Marshall one time on a Saturday afternoon, went to like two overtimes, and then we had to turn around and fly to Atlanta and play Georgia Tech and their old offense on Thursday night, you know. So those are the challenges uh, on a short week for sure. You've mentioned Coach Pugh a few times at this point. Just how well have you gotten to know him? What's that relationship like? I think you guys were at Coaches for Charity this summer together yeah. and a lot of other events. Just what do you like about that relationship with him and, and what a staple he is around here? Yeah, he's just such a, a a great man, you know, to be able to be at one school for so long. Uh, says a lot about him, the kind of person he is and the coach that he is as well. Uh, he's so respected in this state from his time as a high school coach and then what he's done as a head coach now at South Carolina State. Um, you know, just being able to, you know, him being at Carolina or him being at South Carolina State, me being here, obviously you cross paths, whether it be, you know, recruiting in, in, in schools at the same time or like you mentioned, the Coaches for Charity event that Rick's a part of in the summertime as well, getting to spend time with him and, and Coach Jeffries at that event also. Um, you know, having uh, – they have a touchdown club or a quarterback club down in Orangeburg that I think I spoke at when I was an assistant coach and and uh, some of our coaches have been involved in as well. So tons of respect for, for him. And it starts with the kind of person he is, but a fantastic coach as well. Hey, Shane, hey, uh, what were those conversations like with Ray Tanner over the last couple of days? You know, is, do you have that much input when it comes to something like this? Like, hey, you know, can we get – can we move this to maybe Sunday or move it to the end of the season? Were, were there conversations like that? And I guess the other part is, uh, what did you learn from the Miami Dolphins this week? Um, let me see. First of all, the, with Coach Tanner, um, uh, not it wasn't super in depth. It really didn't get to like we never really talked about changing the the, the day of the game other than moving it up to Thursday. You know, there were a couple different scenarios we talked about kickoff time-wise uh, for Saturday that came up. Um, Thursday 
then came up, and this was last night, um, dinner time probably, started just – he and I talked on the phone about a couple different things, and then I want to say that he reached out to, you know, his – our bosses here at Carolina, and he reached out, I believe, to Coach Pugh uh, as well, you know, to kind of see where they were with things. And I was all for Thursday, and, and uh, South Carolina State obviously was all for – Thursday and then beyond that it was me just giving my opinion and then after that it was out of my hands I mean we were ready to go either way whether it was Saturday whether it was Thursday or or whenever uh, and then in regards to the Dolphins uh, honestly not much um, saw the, their schedule for what they were going to do what's today Tuesday what they were going to do tomorrow and what they were going to do on Thursday so that was really the um, kind of the the gist. There wasn't an in-depth conversation with me and the Dolphins in regards to our schedule. It was just a copy of what their schedule was uh, or is today, tomorrow and Thursday. And then also just being able to talk to Freddie or Jody or Sterling Lucas and those guys on our staff that have been a part of short weeks in the NFL. You know, and it's a little bit different too because we have this thing called class. You know that that Tua doesn't have as the quarterback for the Dolphins right now, so he's got a little bit more time during the day to get ready for the Bengals this week, as opposed to Spencer Rattler, who's going to class right now, today and tomorrow. Yeah, putting on a bit of a long lens here, uh, how would you describe Coach Pugh's significance in the state, in the sport, and in the coaching ferment you've been around since you were an infant? Yeah, um, well, that's deep. Um, strong you know i mean just uh go like i said goes back to the kind of person he is but i think anytime and i saw this with my dad at virginia tech you know anytime that you're able to stay at one school so long and to also coach in one state for so long goes to show how um one how good you are at your job two the kind of person you are and then three the kind of coach you are you know to be because if people in this state don't like you and don't think you're very good and don't know and don't think you're a great person you're probably not going to last long coaching in this state whether it's high school college whatever it may be he has and uh it's a testament to him and and then I think you look at his coaching staff and the guys that are on this staff I mean there's a lot of guys that you know, either played for him at South Carolina State or they've coached with him for a long long time and uh you know it reminds me a lot same thing, my dad being at Virginia Tech for so long and a staff that was with him for so long as well starts with the kind of people they are. Shane, uh, I know it's all about, you know, this week's game and everything, but you're the head coach. You've got to think about it. Have you thought about the logistics of the weekend? Usually, usually after Thursday night games, the guys get, you know, they get to go home perhaps or something, but we don't know what's going to happen with this storm or anything like that. So have you thought about what's going on after Thursday's game. Yeah, um, you're correct. All we're focused on is the game on Thursday. But certainly, I mean, they're 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. They want to know what their schedule is, you know, for the weekend as well. So they'll, they'll be off on Saturday. Um, our guys, they need a – they need a little break. Coaches, too. I mean, we as coaches, have, I don't think we've had a true day off since, you know, the first day of practice or the day before the first day of practice back in August. Uh, so Saturday will be a day that we're not here in the facility for sure. Coat players, depending on what the weather is, you know, they'll have that day off as well if they want to get home. And then I think Friday is dependent on weather and um, um, 
for all the students that are reaching out to me about the class schedule on Friday, I don't decide if classes are canceled or not here as I'm on your side. I want to help, but I don't make that call. So stop contacting me. Um, but depending on what the class schedule is on Friday uh, for the students here at Carolina, whether there's classes or not, and I don't know, uh, would determine a lot based on what our guys do. But ideally, we'd have class. I'd get them here on Friday. The players, we'd be able to kind of put this game to bed, the South Carolina State game, check injuries. Hopefully there are none. And then give them Friday night, Saturday, and then we'd be back in here on Sunday getting ready for the next game. I'm going to stick him with football, but Sat was in here a week or two weeks ago talking about still learning what this offense does well. Now that you're a quarter of the way through the schedule and kind of have a bigger sample size, what does this offense do well and what's maybe next for it outside of consistency? Um, you know, I think if we need to be able to – to me, we've shown that we can run the ball, and I don't just take the South Carolina State game. I mean, I take what I told you guys from the Arkansas game. We didn't run it a lot, but when we ran it in non-goal line short yardage situations – we were somewhat efficient against Arkansas. Georgia, um, you know, I know the game got out of hand a little bit there in the second half, but we were able to pop some runs in there uh, and even early on as well. So I've, I've got confidence in our run game, so I believe that we'll continue to get better there and that we've shown that we can run the ball. And, uh, you know, for me, it's knowing – it's just knowing that we've – We've got weapons on our offense. We've got different people, whether it be our tight ends, our receivers, or our running backs, or our quarterback that have shown that they can make plays and that they're, um, they're, uh, they're weapons. So for me, Colin, it's continue to run the ball efficiently, continue to get the ball to these playmakers, the multiple playmakers that we have on our offense, and, and, and just get better in the passing game as well uh also so you know it's not like anything coming out of charlotte was a eye opener it if you look at everything from like a thirty thousand foot view of the last four games i mean it's a lot of the same things that i knew going into arkansas and coming out of arkansas as well now we just got to operate more consistently as well and uh continue to continue to get better Yeah, so you mentioned the uh, the Thursday night games from when you were an assistant coach here. Yeah. What's your memory from those? Hmm. Um, damn. Uh, probably that Ole Miss game, you know, because they were – I think they were top – I think they were four in the country, weren't they? Yep, fourth in the country, Thursday night game, really, really talented, um, electric atmosphere in Williams-Brice Stadium. Um that was pretty. That was pretty fun, you know. Um, I, I just, I'm weird, like how I'm wired, but just the plays that stand out. Like they faked a field goal in that game. Ole Miss did, and probably would have worked, but I actually screwed up. And the block that we had called, I called it backwards, and I think they were over on their right hash, and um, and the the block that I called for our field goal block team, I called as as if we were on the left hash which it should have worked if they lined if we had lined up like they thought we were going to line up and because I screwed it up we actually stopped them so I look smart and all that that's that's the thing that stands out from that game um <laughs> I wish I had more for you but I think it's the plays that almost like are catastrophic that stay with you that you avoid because of your own stupidity they stay with you <laughs> speaking of catastrophic plays does anybody from the Dolphins ask you all about punting and best ways to go about it. <laughs> no. Um, 
But it's another one when you talk to your players when every Thursday in practice we – that's one of the things that we practice when we're backed up, you know, getting ready to kick out of our own end zone. And, and, one of, and I'm sure the Dolphins coach this too, but one of the things we talk about is, you know, those guys that are in front of the punter and, like, you can't – you got to cheat up a little bit and you can't back up, you know, or that's going to that's gonna happen. But it's nice to be able to have it happen to professionals where you can show your players, see, you know, this is why we, why, why we coach this like we do. Um, and you mentioned Shaq Davis, number one, a little mm -hmm. earlier. What, what's – Stands out to you about him other than just being um, just his length and his size. Um, right away, I mean, before you even see him as a player, just his length on tape, you know, just how tall he is and, and the wingspan jumps out at you. Some of the catches that he makes as well where a guy's there and in position to make a play and he just goes up over top of him and makes it. And then his speed as well. I mean, he catch. I was watching it yesterday. He caught a ball, I think it was against Bethune-Cookman. And, I mean, it's over on the sideline, and the guy from Bethune has an angle where it should be an easy tackle, and he just outruns the guy coming at him with an angle, you know, so it shows uh, it shows his speed as well. So I've uh, I've been in cam and rushes and dial and their ear all morning as well, you know, about the challenge that they have on, uh, on Saturday because I know that young man's excited for Thursday night against our defensive backs, and our guys uh, surely will be excited for him too. And, and Corey was Rucker was in here earlier and pretty entertaining. What, what what are you hoping to get from him as he gets more in shape as as he talked about and and gets I guess more into the flow of things? Yeah, the only player I've ever been around that on his official visit brought his own bowling ball to go bowling with on the official visit. That was a first. That stands with me. He's a really talented bowler and he was going to go bowling on his visit, so he brought his own ball on the official visit as well. Ruck's a fantastic young man. You saw that with the way that our players were excited for him the other night when he scored that touchdown um, and, and, and celebrated with him. People, I think, love his spirit and his energy because of – I know it's been frustrating for him. I think I said this the other night, but just he never got down. He just kept working, always had a smile on his face. And then I think he's just another guy that brings a dimension to the passing game. And you can't have <clears throat> – excuse me, you can't have enough – uh, of those guys as well. But to be able to add another guy that can help from an offensive standpoint, help from a special team standpoint, uh, continue to bring, you know, big play, uh, big playability, you know, to the offense, uh, you can't have enough of. Hey, Coach, what is the general mood of the players for uh, this quick turnaround? Are they excited for the challenge? And then also in terms of defense, is it easier to bring that momentum over to the next game with uh, the games being so close, or is it kind of harder because of the less time to rest? Uh, I think the players are excited. Uh, they didn't know. And then I told them this morning, you know, in the team meeting before we went on the field, and it was one of those, like, I told them, and it was kind of hold your breath for a second. Hopefully they're excited about it, and they were. I mean, they were very excited about the opportunity to play on Thursday. I think they're very excited about the opportunity to be on television on in prime time and a night game. So there's a lot of excitement about that for sure. Um, and the way we practiced this morning too showed that as well. It wasn't a practice where it was like, oh man, you know, we're playing Thursday, we're playing in two days. I mean they we had a great practice this morning. And then I think it's probably uh I think it's probably easier. I think it's you know anytime you have success you you want to get right back and and, and get at it again get at it again as 
quickly as possible. You know, it's like a team that wins a football game and then has an off week. A lot of times you'll hear coaches saying, we don't want the open week or off week with week. We'd love to just keep going. Uh, and I think it's the same thing. So the opportunity to get back out there on, on Thursday, five days after we, you know, played uh, better in the second half uh, against Charlotte than what we did in the first half, uh, particularly defensively, I think it makes it easier to get back out there and go right back to work. The coach thinks you don't have any say over the classes, but I mean, sticking, <laughs> sticking with the defense, um, you know, um, defense really turned it on in the second half. Um, yeah. You guys got Cam Smith back. You're getting R.J. Roderick back. Um, what does that mean to get these guys back, you know, and continuing to generate momentum like you did in that second half going yeah. down the stretch? It's huge uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, depth, obviously, where you don't have to have guys – you know, Nick Eamon Warrior doesn't have to play. If there's a 75-play game, he doesn't have to play all 75 plays. You got some depth. Devonnie Reed doesn't have to play every play. Um, uh, and then just to be, when you lose, when you don't play a game with two guys that are NFL-type corners and Darius Rush and, and Cam, it's going to hurt anybody. And uh, certainly didn't help us as well. So to get those guys back, one, they're really good players, two, the depth on the defense – I think three, it'll help with the communication on defense because you're not out there with as many true freshmen. You've got older guys that can make calls and take charge. And then also special teams as well. Uh, I mean, we, we, it was, it was, uh, we had a lot of guys that I don't want to say played too many reps, but certainly we had a lot of guys that were playing defense, offense, and special teams, maybe a little bit more than we normally would against, um, against Charlotte. So to be able to get those other defensive backs back where um, you've got more bodies. To play on all three phases uh, is is definitely a a plus for us. Thank you, coach. All right, see you on a couple of days. Did you go bowling with Corey? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, that's gonna do it for Coach Beamer. Appreciate you all tuning in. Um, a lot of interesting takes from Coach. Obviously, a kind of a chaotic week, crazy week with the game now being on Thursday instead of Saturday. Appreciate y'all. Obviously, we're past 2 o'clock. Uh, again, the updated schedule podcast will drop tomorrow. Full game preview along with SEC gambling picks and takeaways from that press conference. Uh, Friday's podcast will be a recap of the game on Thursday. TDC, excuse me, TDC tomorrow will be as normal. Thursday, we'll have the Daily Crow 10 to 12. 10 to 12. J.C. Sherber will join us at 10.15 Thursday morning. I'll be on Inside the Gamecocks tomorrow at 11.30. So I'll post those details as well. Uh, other than that, again, Friday the podcast will drop, and then TDC will be normal 12 to 2 on Friday. So, again, guys, appreciate y'all rolling with the punches. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Stay tuned for all of the updates coming your way. And also, of course, the TSUS tailgate, the TSUS tailgate from Seawells. Thursday, 2.30 to kickoff. 2.30, we will be out there selling towels, koozies, everything. You already know the drill. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.